what we believe we believe. Why do I believe Jesus Christ to be the way, the truth, and the life? You want to be a Christian. You want to live the Christian life. But you've never learned how to live the Christian life. You're listening to Telly's Talk, a podcast on being complete in Christ, hosted by Buzzsprout. In this episode, we will be starting a three-part series on the doctrine of redemption. Today's episode is the first half of our discussion on faith and regeneration. To paraphrase a famous quote, what came first, faith or regeneration? And how does grace fit into our understanding of faith? The most famous verse in the Bible, John 3.16, comes from a discussion Jesus had with Nicodemus regarding this exact topic. Please join us as we talk about all this and more. Well, hey, welcome back to Tellius Talk. This is number 19, I believe, right? Yep, number, episode number 19. Episode 19. And we took a little break off in summer there. Uh, both of us had things to do, and I did a preaching schedule at my church. She was looking for a pastor right now, so... We are back, and I think we are going to start with a new sort of format. Not to scare anybody off, but um, when Allie and I first conceived of this idea of Tellius Talk, we wanted it to be kind of like our visits that we used to have at a coffee shop in, in Chilliwack years ago. Yeah. So, well, we're going to see how this goes. Well, we also had some feedback um, from some of our listeners, and one of the comments was that they had read about the fact that we used to have these conversations at a coffee house. And so one of the comments was, it'd be kind of nice to hear you guys having those conversations on the podcast. Um, Normally, we tend to script things a little bit because I have a a condition known as talking too much. No, no. Yeah, I do. So I tend to go off script a lot. So anyways, we thought we'd try this new approach. So uh, I think Wendell's a little bit nervous. I'm super excited. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I like the script. I like to be able to follow something that I have gone through, and I'm not going to say something that I regret later. So for me, it's all about the script. So So we're going to try this new approach. And like Wendell said, uh, this is episode 19, and we are starting a new series on uh, the doctrine of redemption. Yeah. And uh, and so today we're going to look at faith, the doctrine of faith, uh, specifically the doctrine of saving faith. So it it should be interesting. I'm looking forward to it. But I just want to put a shout out to our, uh, our friend and brother, Corey Gilmore. Got the replay board shop on today, so a little bit of free advertising. If you live in Abbotsford or the Lower Mainland, take a trip down to replay board shop down there on uh, Railway Avenue. Yes, go down to the board shop if you like skateboards and go say hi to Corey. You can't miss him. He's a big guy. Great guy. I've known him for a long, long time. He has got a story to tell you. Yeah, Uh, and hopefully we're going to have him on here telling his story one day too. All right, so let's talk about faith. What do you want to know about faith? What should we, where should we start with faith? I've put it in parts. So part one is just basically the doctrine of redemption. What we're going to be talking about for the next three episodes, it might be worth spelling that out a little bit. So 
I think you would agree with me that we always have this common grace. It's where God gives us blessings, innumerable blessings, allows us to do things, but it's not really part of our salvation. The problem here is that because of our sin, we have this sentence of death on us, which maybe this is a really heavy thing to start with, but you read about it in um, Genesis. You're talking about the story of Adam and Eve. In the New Testament, in Romans, it talks about the wages of sin. Yep. This idea of eternal separation, we touched on that earlier in one of our episodes on, on hell. Yeah. Okay. So the uh, doctrine of redemption is a very important part of what is taught in the church. And, and you know what? If we don't talk about why redemption is necessary, other one, in other words, if we don't talk about sin, that's a huge part of it. Because if you don't yeah. know where you're coming from, then you don't understand the grace that is given. I think it was Spurgeon that said that if you're not going to preach sin and redemption, you have no business preaching. <laughs> so <laughs> he also, I think he also said, if you don't talk about Christ, you shouldn't be a preacher. I think he was pretty black and white, that guy. Yeah, he um, was. But I think all of us as Christians experience grace every day. And it's a yeah. pretty phenomenal thing. And, and simply grace is, is uh, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but grace is really getting something given to us that we don't deserve, right? Mm -hmm. uh, we don't deserve uh, to be saved. We don't deserve to have eternal life based on our sinful lives. But God, in his great grace and mercy, because grace and mercy mm -hmm. go together, uh, yeah. he offers us a way out. He offers us salvation from that sin, uh, forgiveness yeah. from those sins. So grace is being given something that we don't deserve but is given to us or offered to us anyway out of god's great love and mercy for us yeah and i, I think it's important though to um delineate between common grace and saving grace because everybody gets common grace every day whether you're christian yep. or not believer or not it's the saving grace that really talks to this idea of salvation but scripture never really talks about our faith as the reason why God chose us. No. Uh, you know, as salvation based on how good we are, or like a, a merit system, or a measuring of our faith, um, that would not be, uh, it doesn't work really towards this idea of saving grace. That's, uh, a works-based faith is, is, is hollow. Yeah. And just to clarify, when you say works-based, what we're talking about is uh, this idea that, okay, if I do this, 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 and this, then I will receive salvation. I'll be saved. Or if I yeah. do this, this, and this, then my sins will be forgiven. It's got nothing to do with what we ourselves do. Like we cannot, right. we can't do a bunch of good deeds and like, oh, okay, I've hit the mark. Now I'm going to get into heaven. Nothing to do yeah. with that. Yeah. I, I remember there's a verse in the New Testament where someone comes up to Jesus and said, good teacher. And, and he said, you know, who is good? No one is good except God. Uh, I think yeah. I've brought that up before too, but it's something to, to remember when you're talking about, about uh, being good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Jesus actually also said in that passage, you know, uh, the guy said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What must I do to get to heaven? And Jesus said, well, you know the commandments of Moses. And, and the guy says, oh, yeah, I've done all of those things. And Jesus says, well, there's one more thing that you lack. Um, and it and it had to do with faith. Yeah. You know, he didn't he didn't have the faith 
he didn't understand. And, uh, and so again, this young guy had done all followed all the laws and let's face it, no one can follow all the laws. That was the first, you know, that was a lie right there. I've done all those yeah. things. Oh, well, you couldn't <laughs> have. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. the point was, is that it doesn't matter what you do. It's not going to get you there. It's completely up to God and his grace and mercy. So then I think we need to move into part two, and that is what is faith, the defined faith. Yeah. Um, and again, so in preparation for the podcast, I went off and did my usual bit of research and because I wanted to kind of get an idea of when we say faith, how will we define faith? Um, yeah. And, you know, and from an academic point of view, um, faith can be defined as being complete trust or complete confidence in someone or something. So here's an example for you. Uh, There's a bunch, we have a a hockey team out here called the Vancouver Canucks. (laughs) I have no faith in them. (laughs) And there are a lot of people (laughs) that put a lot of faith in the Vancouver Canucks that one day yeah. They will once again, they'll they'll win the Stanley Cup. I shouldn't say once again. I don't know if they've ever won it. Yeah, but, you know, they called the millionaires. They won it back in, I think it was 1917 or something. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. they're long overdue for a win. So there's people, you can have faith in your, your sports team that they're going to do well this season. Um, yeah. Or maybe you have faith in, in your boss, you know, that your boss is going to treat you well and, you know, maybe you'll get a raise. You know, you have faith that your employer is going to treat you well. Sure. Um, you When you get in your car, it's an act of faith that when you turn that key, it's going to run and it's going to get you from A to B. Uh, so these are all types of normal ideas of faith. You put it in your trust, your complete trust and confidence in something or someone. Yeah. However, when we look at the... Uh, the Greek word for faith, um, it literally means to believe. And uh, faith, therefore, means uh, belief or firmly persuaded, like you're, you absolutely believe that this thing or this person is going to come through. Um, yeah. You can look at it as being assurance, conviction. Um, it, it goes more than just hoping that the car is going to run. And, you know, it doesn't matter what we do in our everyday lights, we're constantly engaging in this idea of faith. But uh, the Bible has a little bit of a a different way of looking at it. So if we go to the book of Hebrews, uh, the writer of the Hebrews, or the writer to the Hebrews, defines faith as the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, which, to be honest, can be kind of confusing at first. But Mm-hmm. Faith, faith is a tangible essence. It's the tangible essence of what we're hoping for. Sure. Okay. Um, and in other words, there's evidence. We're basing our faith on evidence of something that we know to be true. Yeah. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You know, that's faith. When you believe that Jesus Christ is who he says he is, you are putting your ultimate faith, you're putting your complete confidence that Jesus is who he said he is, and he's going to do what he said he was going to do. Yeah. Um, It's also an assurance of things uh, that are to be revealed or promised. So there's things that God has stated in the Bible that haven't come to fruition yet. So we're talking about end times, uh, the return of Christ, uh, 
the setting up of the new Jerusalem, the, the new heaven, the new earth, um, or even prior to that, when we, when we die, we have faith that God is going to take us to heaven, that we're going to be in that mansion in the skies, to use a very kind of a hippie term. Um, <laughs> but it does. So, so when you look at um, that verse in Hebrews, it's the substance of things hoped for. We know that what the Bible says is true, and that gives us hope. We have faith in what God says, that what he says he's going to do, is going to do. That's the hope. Yeah. Um, but it's also the evidence of things that are not seen. We haven't seen things yet, but we have faith that they are real. We put our complete trust and confidence in them. So if you want to sum it up, faith is like the basic ingredients or the basic ingredients is the foundation to having any relationship with God. You can't have a relationship with God without having faith that what he says he is going to do, he will do. And, uh, and that's why the, the writer of the Hebrews worded it like that. So faith is concrete, it's foundational, it is the, the basic essence of the relationship we have with God. For by grace are ye saved, or that's old term, for by grace are you saved through faith. So yeah. you believe that when God said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him, if you believe in Jesus Christ, if you call on the name of the Lord, as Peter said in Acts, call on the name of the Lord and you will be saved. Yeah. So faith is saying, I absolutely believe that if I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, I accept him as my savior, I believe that God has risen him from the dead and that he's coming back again to take us to heaven. If you believe that wholeheartedly, you will be saved, but you have to have faith. It takes a, a great deal of faith to believe that. And the only way we get that faith is from God. He is the provider of that faith. And I may have jumped a little bit in the topics, but that essentially that is what biblical faith is. So you talked a little bit about uh, John 3.16, which is the time that Jesus got together with Nicodemus and they, they talked. Uh, Nicodemus, this idea of born again comes up mm -hmm. in that discussion between Jesus and Nicodemus. And there's a name that we give that called regeneration. And I think maybe for part three of this, we could talk briefly on this idea of regeneration. Yeah. When we when we have a call, so when we get this gospel call, it's a promise to the people who come to God in repentance and faith. Because and we were talking about this earlier, this idea of being depraved, like we are absolutely depraved, and it's impossible for us to attain or to reach salvation through our own efforts. Yeah. And what What's the definition of depraved? Just want to kind of clarify that. Wendell and I talked about this idea that there's a lot of words that we use um, in, in these discussions that sometimes people don't know what they mean. So what do you mean I'm depraved, right? Um, a lunatic? No, it just means that you're morally, you're morally corrupt. You're wicked, right? Uh, the Bible says that the heart of man is extremely wicked. Yeah. And so that's what it means to be depraved is that we are, without God, we're just wicked. Yeah. what happened from the fall. Yeah. yeah. And so then this idea of regeneration or being born again is, in fact, a work of God. It's not a work of our own. Go, so going back to John 3, where the story of Nicodemus comes forward, in I think it's verse 
3. So John 3, 3. Jesus said to Nicodemus, Truly, truly, I say to you, except that a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So here's this idea of being born again, this this idea of, of regeneration. Um, and then again, I think it's in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5 where it says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Again, this, yeah. this teaching of, of regeneration. The change, this regeneration, this being born again, is something that the Holy Spirit does. This is an act of the Holy Spirit on our lives. And, it, you know, just to, to flog the horse again, it doesn't originate with us. It comes no. from God. And there's so many verses. You know, the book of First John is a great book. Read through that. It talks a lot about change, about regeneration. Regeneration needs to come before faith. I think if you're looking at putting things in order, you have this idea of regeneration, and then you have faith. Because we need to be made alive. We need to be born of the Spirit in order for that faith to really grow in us, to become a thing. You call it tangible. Um, mm-hmm. And you can't have that unless there's that regeneration, that changing of your person uh, by the, the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I think, and maybe you want to speak to this, Ali. When you become a Christian, when you have faith, there's a, a change in your lifestyle, right? Like there's an obvious change. Um, so your pattern of sin changes. Not that you don't sin, like you, unfortunately, being um, human <laughs> means that you're going to sin, and the Bible would, would, would um, support that. But yeah, your pattern of sin changes, and you actually get to know God, not completely, not 100%. But it's different than being without God, right? Like your your life has this change. Yeah, I mean, when 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 faith is genuine and when regeneration happens, uh, it's almost like, well, the Holy Spirit indwells within you, okay? Yeah. And the Holy Spirit is what convicts us of our sins, right? Or convict, you know. So if you're convicted of a crime, you're the guy says you're guilty over it. This right. And so when you become a, a when you become a believer, when you become a Christian, and the Holy Spirit uh, becomes an active part of your life in that regeneration, your conscience changes. So you don't think about things the same way. You don't act in the same way because you suddenly become very, very much aware of what sin is. I mean, that's that's why the Holy Spirit prompts us to salvation, right? There's no point in salvation if you don't know why you need to be saved in the first place. If everything's okay, then why do I need to be saved? I'm not doing anything wrong. You're blinded to sin. But once the Holy Spirit comes in and, and, and you're convicted of the sin and you ask uh, God to forgive you of your sins, from that moment on, the Holy Spirit will continue to work in your life to make you aware of, of thoughts, behaviors, actions um, that are not in accordance with the Spirit of God. And again, I believe it's John that talks about that in John's Gospel. Uh, where yeah. And Paul talks about it too, about the Spirit, oh, yeah. Yeah. the Spirit of the flesh warring against, warring against the Spirit of God. And Paul even says, you know, I do the things that I don't want to do, and the things that I do want to do, I don't do. And there's this war that's raging. But, be- 
but that war doesn't exist. That conflict of the two consciousnesses, as it were, yeah. uh, the sinful conscience and the, the the conscience of the Holy Spirit. Those two consciousnesses are those two consciences are pretty much they're numb. But then when the Holy Spirit comes in, all of a sudden, you know, your eyes are open and you're like, whoa, like I can't do that anymore. And you get that you get that pricking of the heart, as it were, when you do go into engage, you know, you do something that's sinful, you automatically get this feeling like, oh, I've done something wrong. Like I need yeah. to go, I need to ask for forgiveness. I, I made yeah. a mistake. Whereas before that, morally, you don't care. At, during the process of regeneration, you care a lot. Yeah. And I think that's why a lot of times we talk about this idea of regeneration as dead things becoming alive. Yeah. You know, I was dead in Christ and now I'm alive. Now, another thing that I, I just kind of came across and I thought maybe it's worth talking about is baptismal regeneration. And there are okay. some there are some churches that believe that you are regenerated at the time of baptism. So then when I spoke earlier of regeneration coming before faith, they sort of turned that on its head where you would have to have faith before you're regenerated because you would need to have faith in order to ask for baptism. I don't know. What what are your thoughts on that, Ali? Because I know you've 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 had some experience with the Roman Catholic Church that I don't have. I know that growing up in the church I grew up in, you had to um express uh faith before you would be baptized. So at that point that means regeneration had already happened. Yeah. Um baptism is is not a there's no biblical evidence that baptism in and of itself is uh it regenerates it's, it, that is not what saves you that's mm -hmm. not what starts the process of regeneration baptism yeah. if you even even when john the baptist was baptizing so prior to the crucifixion you know they talk about john baptized for the forgiveness of sin yeah, it wasn't the baptism that forgive you. It forgave you. It, baptism is simply an action or a public declaration that I have become a new creature. I have uh, put my faith in Jesus, and now that's a very personal thing, right? So having faith and accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord, it's a it's a personal internal thing, and to demonstrate that to the rest of the world. You become, you get baptized. You, you, and it's, uh, it's an idea of being buried with Christ and then in sin and then being made resurrected with Christ, being alive with Christ. It's simply, uh, it's simply an action or a, uh, it, it's an outward demonstration of putting your allegiance to God, right? Uh, yeah. pretty much the same as being anointed with oil in the Old Testament, right? When someone was anointed yeah. with oil in the Old Testament, God was saying, I have singled this person out. This person is mine. I have anointed them yeah. for a certain purpose. Baptism yeah. is the same thing. It's just a public demonstration of God's spirit in you and your confession of faith. The idea of being baptized does not save you. There's no, and, and that's unfortunate because it is considered to be a sacrament, one of the many sacraments. I think the yes. Catholic Church yes. has seven or nine of them. Yeah. Um, and baptism is like, you have to do this, or it has to be done. And a lot of times, infant baptism is about washing away original sin. Well, you can't wash away sin with water. It's only the blood of Christ that can do that. And yeah. 
Babies cannot make that decision. Um, there, people may argue there's a time and a place for, for infant baptism, such as dedication, uh, the parents making a, an outward demonstration that they're going to raise this child uh, in the word of God. Uh, but that child is not regenerated. The child is not saved. That comes later when the Holy yeah. Spirit pushes the person's heart to open up to the voice of God. Well, I think it was the late R.C. Sproul, who was a big proponent of what's called pedo-baptism or child pop, child uh, baptism. And he and, and John MacArthur used to go around on that. And I've heard some very interesting discussions between the two of them. I, one of the verses, or I guess one of the, the chapters in the New Testament, Romans 6, talks about this idea. Um, but baptism is, is administered to people who already possess faith right and it's a symbol like you said of dying to sin and being raised in righteousness and and baptism then becomes an act of faith right so again if we're putting things in order there's regeneration there's faith and then there's baptism and it seems with this idea of of baptismal regeneration or pedo baptism the 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 script is is flipped and people are coming into it backwards and if actually, I actually just turned to Romans chapter 6 when you're saying that. So it might actually yeah. be uh, prudent to read it. So what it says, Paul says in Romans chapter 6 is, What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the father, we too might walk in the newness of life. So if we've been united with him in death, like a death like his, then we will be resurrected with him. Um, And we know that our old self is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to it. So if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. So it's simply a, an expression of your faith that, you know, mm-hmm. we are baptized as an expression of being buried with Christ and then coming out of the water is being raised with him. Yeah. Baptism. Baptism is a whole different topic. Yeah. Okay. So we've run out of time to finish this off this week. Uh, what we're oh. going to do. Yeah. So what we're going to do next week is we're going to we we work our way out of this into part four. Start up with where does faith come from, and we'll continue on. Thanks for joining us. As Wendell mentioned, the second half of today's episode will be released next week. We will continue by asking where does faith come from. Also, next month we are starting part two of our series on the doctrine of redemption, repentance, with special guest Corey Gilmar. Don't forget to visit our Facebook, Patreon, and YouTube sites. We are always happy to visit and answer questions. Our Facebook page has discussions, articles, and links to the topics we discuss monthly. Keep us in your prayers as we prepare our podcast every month. We look forward to sharing with you again.
do we believe what we believe we believe? 